0: what's up redhead racing radio back again after kansas speedway three races left in the season that's crazy i'm jason schultz andrew krillin's here that's
1: right hey everybody i think we've done a good job at saying names but yeah man crazy we only have three
0: races left um like i am expecting the two of the final three races to be good of course we're going to texas next weekend so we all know how that's gonna go but at least two races will be good. So I'm looking forward to those, but I don't know. I'm in the camper. I think NASCAR needs a longer off season so you can appreciate it more when it happens. Yep. And by the end of the season, it's kind of like it's cool to watch. It's exciting because it's playoffs, but it's also kind of like I'm ready for it to be done to be able to get a little break, but then come back to it.
1: No, no better year to be able to take a breather and a break than this year, man. Like, seriously, yep. like what a freaking long year it's been. And we're down to... Eight drivers. We already know one of them who's going to be competing for the championship, Joey Logano. I think, I think, and we'll probably get into this in a little bit, but I think he's got just as good of a shot as anybody to win this championship. I, I'm getting 2018 vibes from him from the standpoint of the, the race he won when he won his championship in 2018. He won Martinsville. First race of the round of eight. Had two races to prepare for that championship event. Flash forward now to 2020, an even-numbered year, which apparently is the only time Joey Logano has made it to the Final Four. I found that interesting. He's in the championship with two races to prepare. I think he's got a great shot to uh, possibly be the upset in this championship.
0: I forgot to ask you, are you out of jail this week?
1: I'm out of prison, yeah, that's right.
0: Congratulations.
1: Yeah. Uh, well, you know what's crazy is last night, This is we've had an eventful few weeks here in phoenix last night there were a ton of cop cars maybe like five blocks down and a police helicopter with a spotlight circling this one house and so a couple of my friends went over and investigated it so like there's always something going on here in phoenix
0: why do you live in a sketchy neighborhood
1: i don't that's the thing like the area is super do. nice it's just we've had a few run-ins with homicides and you know whatnot.
0: All right, the one weekend I went to Phoenix in 2018, there was, like, a murder on the loose. So, I don't know how I feel about this Phoenix place anymore.
1: Uh, the first day of classes last year, there was a dead body in the park between the Cronkite School and the Fitness Center.
0: Yeah, <laughs> you can't live there. You gotta leave.
1: Nah, I, I really do like it here, though.
0: Except for all the crime.
1: Except for the constant crime, yes. that's that. That's a little bit of a problem, but... I don't know. Are they,
0: are they, and when you say like
1: your apartment complex is there anything exciting about it? Where you no, live? It's
0: nice and quiet. Is it, it, it's nice quiet and quiet. Area? Yep. Um you also say it's cold when it's 80 degrees. That's weird.
1: Yeah, it was. It was. Well, I don't know. No and one we're looking at the want. we're looking at the weather for next week. It's supposed to cool down to like 70 and we're like, "Oh my god, it's going to be absolutely perfect out." So, it, I think yeah. Phoenix is breaking a record of number of days over 100 degrees which is interesting
0: until NASCAR comes in town and it's going to rain all weekend
1: I swear I swear that would be it has not rained here in probably 2 months and I'm probably <laughs> overciting that but it it it's been a long time so yeah it'll probably rain in a few weeks when NASCAR comes
0: so Joe, like you said earlier, I didn't want to talk about Joe Logano yet. Yeah, I need a few minutes. So he won the race. He'll be in Phoenix in
1: a few
0: Get in my radio mindset. <laughs> I think I'm there. Hey,
1: everyone! By the way, who's listening? Jason, right before we started, he's like, "I gotta get my radio voice on." I'm like, "What? You have a radio voice?"
0: Of course I do. How do you think I sound so mature and sophisticated on DBC?
1: Yeah. Well, who's saying you are? Do you
0: listen to DBC?
1: I do. It's a good show.
0: Well, we have a new segment about mean tweets. It's very good. Maybe we should do that sometime. Read the worst tweets that drivers get tweeted to them.
1: Well, oh, I have. I have a set of my own mean tweets. I think I've read them before, though, on this show.
0: Yeah, I don't have enough yet. Not saying, please send me mean tweets, but I'm just saying I don't. Really, I couldn't do that. Here's the yet. thing about all right. Tweets let's move though.
1: on. No, no, no. One more thing about mean tweets. They're so fun to get. Like, at least for me, I'm like, this is so funny that this person went out of their way to try and, like, insult me. I just, like, I, I don't read into it at all. Like, I think it's so funny, like, that I've rattled this person's cage enough to uh, to annoy them and make them send a tweet back.
0: <laughs> I'll make a burner account and send you mean tweets to get under your skin.
1: Oh, you make another burner account?
0: I don't have <laughs> one. Shut up. No, I thought
1: it was Kyle Bush fan, one, two, three. Nope. <laughs>
0: Tyler's going to cut this out. No, he's
1: not. Tyler, don't cut it out.
0: <laughs> yeah, he is. Okay. <laughs> I have some thoughts. You ready for my thoughts?
1: Yeah. Is this going to be one of those games where you're going to ask me right or correct? Maybe. All right. Go ahead.
0: Um, Were you on Twitter after the race yesterday? Yeah. Did you see the absolute hatred everyone had of the arrow package?
1: Yeah. it was. It did not seem like people were fans of it.
0: So... What's interesting, though, is that this air package, the race on Sunday, probably delivered the closest, as in cars not pulling away from each other, racing we've seen in a while. However, they couldn't pass. So, in my mind, I'd take a race where cars can pass over cars being tight with each other the whole race. What do you say about that?
1: Yeah, I think it's hard because we were in this situation not too long ago, and we had no downforce, high horsepower, and races got pretty strung out. And NASCAR and fans were like, oh, we want tighter racing and everything. So then we go this way. And then we are like, well, we want it to be more spread out with more passing. I agree. It, it wasn't great that cars couldn't pass yesterday. But it's like, I don't know, hard to figure out exactly what people want.
0: Yes, I think in general they want passing. So I think that should be the basic.
1: Yeah, if you're up to we me, want passing I would and go, side
0: by side racing.
1: If you're up to me, and we had
0: none of that yesterday, up
1: to me, I would go low down force, high horsepower. I think it puts the most into the driver's hands. I mean, that's why they say the Xfinity cars are harder to drive than the Cup cars. We got to have a package that makes the Cup series genuinely the hardest cars to drive.
0: So I'm surprised though, like NASCAR itself was saying, and they're even tweeting how great yesterday's race was because of Logano having to stay in front of Harvick because Harvick couldn't pass him. And I was thinking you would be along that same mindset, but I'm pleased to know that you also agree that the air package is trash and we need to figure something out.
1: I wouldn't be that harsh about it, but I can agree that we need to figure something out.
0: I agree. Very good. I was just mad that um, NASCAR's Twitter account tweeted a video today like encourage, like know, let me read the tweet so NASCAR tweeted a video about kind of a parody of Logano and Harvick Logano blocking Harvick and the caption was no easy buckets passes but buckets is um, crossed out so it's no easy passes so they're promoting the fact that it was hard to pass and, the ra- and fans are mad about that I'm like That, you're very out of touch with your audience. We shouldn't be promoting the fact that there was no passing in a race.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I think. Okay. Let's just move on from that.
0: Yeah. Um, Also, I'm on this other podcast with spotters, and I said this was the hardest to pass in any race they've ever been a part of. That's big. Huh. Yeah. So we need to change that. I hope NASCAR can finally admit that they need to do something different and hopefully we'll see that.
1: What was TJ majors like when, I mean, Logano did everything he needed to do to win that race in terms of blocking every lane. I bet TJ had a busy job.
0: Yes. He talked a lot and the broadcast kind of picked that up where he had to feed a lot of information, but it was basically like Harvick could get there. Like TJ, I mean, Joey just had to be in the same line. Like he had to, kind of occupy the same line. So Harvick couldn't get a better run. So he just kind of had to manipulate the air because he would see videos of Harvick getting really close and then he couldn't do anything. He would stall out and fall back. And the only time he did get close was when Bowman was catching up to him, kind of giving him a draft. But then that couldn't work either. So like the fact, and they compared it to IndyCar racing, how like, you know, Indy 500, they can pass, of course, but um, it's like you're in a bubble and you're like a drafting bubble. And that's how IndyCar races. And NASCAR for forever had been about side-by-side racing and passes. And it was the opposite on Sunday, which is a problem. But I think we should move on.
1: Uh, last thing I'll say about it. Someone... Oh, man. I'm going to botch their Twitter account name. Um, NASCAR Man, I think it was, on Twitter Yeah, posted a video of Kevin Harvick passing seven cars with seven laps to go at the Kansas race in 2018 to get the win. Uh, off a restart. Mm. And... I think... Within that race, that was where Kyle Larson and a couple of guys were leading and got wadded up. Very entertaining race, and it was a different arrow package. I can agree. We need to make it easier to pass. I think this this experiment that they've gone with has been... Has failed. It's it's, A disaster. Okay. Hey, come on. You can't (laughs) be putting words in my mouth.
0: I thought this was Mad Libs.
1: No, it's not it's not you can, now they know let's play mad libs go actually that, that sounds fun. no i don't want to go and play mad libs or or i'll play it for you now i'll fill in the words for you too <laughs> we're like finishing each other's sentences now where was i because we're I just say? such
0: good friends we know how to do that
1: you uh you threw me off oh man i
0: <sighs> i know what you're gonna say when we tell you what you're gonna say no
1: i don't want you to tell me what i was gonna say because you're gonna you're gonna make it sound a lot worse
0: no, I think you're going to say it was an experiment and we learned, now we have to move on and try something
1: else. Alright, then then you covered it pretty good then.
0: <laughs> but my thing was, and this is going back to when they first decided to go with this direction of aero package, it was like every driver told you, don't do this, and then you still did it. So that was bad. But Joey Logano won. He's very good at blocking, so it's a Appropriate that he won the race where he just had to block the guy that was in second. But it wasn't like he was making big attempts to get to the league. He just had to stay in front of him. But Joey winning means that Harvick didn't lock himself into Miami, Phoenix. I'm mad it's not Miami because I think Miami would – I don't know. We'll see how it plays out. But I just think Miami. Hamlin didn't lock himself into Phoenix. Logano was kind of – like there's probably – we would agree there's probably two spots going into this round that were up for grabs. And it's like, it could be Chase, it could be Keselowski, it could be Logano, or Turex. Like, those are the four guys going for those two spots, given that Harvick and Hamlin would probably advance because playoff points suck, and they already basically are locked in. So luckily, the first race, we saw one of those upset guys pull off a victory, which is pretty cool. So Logano's locked in now we have the opportunity for two more guys, like maybe a Truex, maybe a Chase, to do that same thing and then put some pressure on Harvick and Hamlin, and that would be great.
1: Yeah, I mean, you figure if three guys besides Harvick and Hamlin win in this round, one of them's not making it to Phoenix. I don't think that'll happen, but that could be something really interesting, and they would have to be below the cut line. That's going to be the one thing. Like, looking at the guys who I think can win... Kurt Bush did not, like, in his interviews, did not seem confident about Martinsville at all. Like, he's like, well, we've got Texas. And then he's like, oh, yes. and also Martinsville. So I think, <laughs> I think at least in terms of the guys you can win, you could say Kurt Bush has the capability to win at Texas. Truex definitely does. Because last game. Truex went in the spring. I, I, the only guy I'm kind of skeptical about winning at Texas is, is Alex Bowen, but. These two races, I think anyone in the top eight can win, which I hope it's two people other than Harvick and Hamlin because that would make it really interesting. Um, but then again, the purest to me is like, well, you hope to see Harvick and Hamlin battling it out at Phoenix. That would be the perfect way to end the season is to have those two guys fighting for the championship.
0: I want to see whoever performs best in the playoffs make it to the, the I mean, championship race. I, so whoever gets it has earned it. I don't care. And then whoever wins that race earns it. I know it's not, like, Lagana winning the championship, like, he hasn't been that great this year. He had two wins earlier in the year, but, like, he hasn't been that good. But if he goes to Phoenix and beats everyone else, if you go to the Super Bowl and you're the stupid New York Giants and you beat the undefeated England Patriots, even though the Patriots clearly earned the championship, they got beat when it counted most, and they deserve to lose. There you go. So I'm cool with that. Um, All right, our playoff points. So every race so far in the playoffs, we've given – what the playoff standings would look like if regular season playoff points didn't transfer to each round, which we agree is stupid, correct?
1: Yeah, especially looking at the points now. I mean, it's...
0: It's already strung out and it's been one It's already
1: clear who's going to Phoenix. This is probably the worst round of eight we've seen in a while because normally they're like, well, once you get to the round of eight, it's not going to matter. You know, points like this aren't going to matter, but it's actually playing a significant role into, I mean... We already have a really good idea who's going to be that championship form. We've already, we still have two races left.
0: You just like NASCAR. I don't get why they would not want it to be close in each race. Like a few points, stage points could play a factor. Like you could have this epic battle. These guys, every position matters, but you're basically already turning into a, you need to win to make it. And that's very hard to do and very unlikely to do. So it's not as fun and it's not going to be as close or entertaining to watch. So, let's read off the points.
1: Joey Logano advances to Phoenix with the win. Kevin Harvick, plus 41. Denny Hamlin, plus 20. You look at that. I mean, two bad races, and he's done. Like, 20 Mm. is not a whole lot for two races. I mean, it's it's a nice cushion, but it's not perfect, so... That's something to watch. Kozlowski plus 8. Chase Elliott minus 8. Bowman minus 27. Truex minus 31. Kurt Busch minus 73. Already in a must-win situation. Wow. Jason, God, what are crazy. the points carrying over only the playoff points from the round of 12?
0: This are playoff points from the whole playoffs.
1: Oh, whole playoffs. Sorry. Okay.
0: Which is like if we're going to compromise, I'll compromise on that. Oh, yeah. Like, no, no, no. That's a good deal. If you earn playoff points in the playoffs. Yeah. That's fine. All right, Joe Logano, these are, again, the playoff standings without playoff points from regular season, only playoff points from in the playoffs. is number one. Harvick is second, plus 11 wow. over the cutoff line currently. Chase is third, plus seven over the cutoff line. So he kind of flip-flops from your standings. Keselowski is fourth, plus six over the cutoff line. That means Denny Hamlin is fifth, minus six below the cutoff line. Bowman is 6 minus 7 below the cutoff line. Truex is seventh minus 16 below the cutoff line. And Kurt Busch is last minus 45 below the cutoff line. So Dang. drastic differences.
1: Yeah. That is that's Play wild. Like one I just, I'm, stage
0: I'm, point's worth of race.
1: I'm listening to that, and I'm like, holy cow, these next two races are going to be crazy.
0: Yeah. Because every point, like – they're so, it'd be so easy to gain points in stages and it could completely swap. Like the first stage, the third and fourth and fifth and sixth could completely swap based on if they did well. And it's like, that's one stage of one race. Imagine the next two races worth with six stages. Like it would be crazy how close and competitive and tight and exciting and dramatic. And like NASCAR, that's what they want. And that's what they tell us every race is going to have. And rarely do races have that these days, but like you have a way to, and you did this before, you have a way to create this tight, dramatic, ex- close, exciting points racing to get to the championship race, and I don't know why you're not doing it.
1: Uh, I, mean, I look at these standings now, Bowman minus 27, Truex minus 31, Kurt Busch minus 73, they're basically, I put that in must win. I mean, you can point your way back from down 27 and 31, but that's going to be really tough. So really, at this point, we're already racing. There's four guys racing for three spots is, is basically how this round is going to end up being. Unless one of those guys below wins, it's going to come down to Harvick, Hamlin, Kislowski and Chase Elliott. I think racing for the final three spots in the championship four. And honestly, I think it's going to come down to kislowski versus Elliott. So already we've, we've dwindled down to just two drivers really to watch for this championship after one yeah. race in the round of eight
0: so we get that one battle versus a chance of having like four different battles, like NASCAR, wake up, look at the differences could make. And I assume no points stuff is going to change for 2021, but I would hope NASCAR with new car, let's do some new things in 2022 and like get back to the basics and like simplify the point system and implement this
1: easier for fans follow too.
0: Amen. Okay. Last thing I want to talk about before we go real quick um, I don't know. We I don't think we mentioned this. We talked about this together, but I don't know if we talked about this on the show yet. It's Clint Boyer and Jimmy Johnson's final season, correct? Stop. <laughs> it's not? They're coming back. Um, I was thinking about this the other week, and I told you this. Like just seeing old drivers' names from like when I started first started watching NASCAR. And if, two examples that come to the top of my head right now are like Tony Stewart. Casey Kane, Greg Biffle, like those names just in my mind bring me back to the best era of NASCAR, the mid 2000s, when I first started watching, when I thought it was the best ever. Like it was a cool thing, and most people were watching, most people were interested. Like that's what those names bring me back to. And I miss those names so dearly now, wanting those personalities in the sport today. But here we are, the three races left in the season, and Jimmy Johnson, who's been a staple of NASCAR ever since I was a fan, and Clint Boyer, who's also been around ever since I was a fan, they're about to retire and go away. And right now, it's hard to say you miss them. But, like, in two years from now, I'm going to be like, oh, I miss those names so much, and I wish they could just race one race. But it's so weird to think right now, it's like, yeah, they're leaving, but it doesn't feel like they're leaving yet. You feel me?
1: Yeah, they've gotten, I mean, I feel like, Jimmy Johnson has never really been appreciated in his career for exactly all he's done. And I was thinking, oh yeah, all right, with this retirement, he's finally going to get some of that appreciation that he deserves. And, and with three races left in the season, unless something gets turned up dramatically these last three races, I feel like we've kind of let him down on that whole tribute tour. It, it feels like it's just another Jimmy Johnson season that's not going great and we're going to see him Daytona. Like, that's how everyone's acting. And besides just, I mean, the only Jimmy Tributes I see are a track will like, name a street after him or a tunnel or they'll have his name on the track, and that's it. Or a
0: nature trail.
1: Like, literally, there's no, I mean, there's some people who I bet wouldn't even know it's Jimmy Johnson's final year because of just how it just hasn't been advertised. And that's been disappointing because I think he obviously deserves so much better. And when Clint Boyer announced his retirement, I feel like, from one race in the NBC broadcast, it was clear. Clint Boyer, this is his last season, like, he's going after three races. And, like, I don't know, there just seemed to be more tension to Clint Boyer retiring than there had been for Jimmy Johnson really all season long. And I don't know if if you have the pandemic to blame for part of that. I'm sure that's that contributes to him not getting the exact proper farewell that he should have. But there's so much more that you can do to really send this guy off into the sunset in his NASCAR career. And with three races left, I mean, I'll be at Phoenix. I'll, I'll tell you when I'm there and after the fact. But I'm not going to really feel like this is the sense of, oh, man, this is Jimmy's last race. You know, this is his last full-time race in the 48. And I don't know. It's just I feel like he should be sent off in a, in a better way than the way he's going right now.
0: I think it should be given more attention and that comes in multiple ways. The broadcast, it should be a big part of the broadcast. Like I remember Dale's last season that There was always like every week there was something special about talking about, oh, it's Dale's last race heater, or maybe it was even like an in car camera. Like, yes, all right, even that's Dale what it was. It well, like, was literally
1: the Dale Jr. nationwide in car camera every single race, or yeah. it was, I think, there was literally a Dale Jr. nationwide update. Like, it was a specific yeah. blocked out time for a pit Reporter just to talk about Jr. Like, yeah.
0: and yeah. that's built in time to the broadcast to talk about a guy in this final season. So, I think, like, NBC, I think they probably mentioned it more than this, but the only time I remember it, him being mentioned, Jimmy being mentioned the whole race, was when he hit the wall. Right. And it was like that, and then uh, I was watching them with my friend Mark, and it was just like, he's a big Jimmy fan, and he was just like so disappointed, and like, because that's how Jimmy's year's gone, but he was disappointed that he wrecked, but it was also disappointed because that's the only time he was mentioned in the whole race, and it's like frustrating that that's all the attention he's getting on the track. And in my mind, I think NASCAR is partly to blame to this for like marketing, like, Jimmy Johnson has been the best driver in your series for the last, you know, 15 to 20, uh, 15 Are 18 years or so. the best driver ever? Yeah. And like, yeah, let's just take it from that standpoint. The best driver ever is about to leave. Shouldn't you be telling people, Come watch this, the best driver ever's final races in NASCAR. Don't you, even though he's not doing well, don't you want someone to watch because that garners more attention. Like, you get people that maybe haven't watched NASCAR in five years, but were Jimmy fans back in the day, and they're like, oh my God, he's retiring. I want to watch him race. And then that gives, I think, if NASCAR marketed more, then it gives TV more reason to show him. And then overall, people are like, oh, it's Jimmy's last season. I think social media, like Hendrick and Ally, have been doing a lot of stuff on social media to say it's Jimmy's last year, but. I think this is an opportunity for NASCAR to really market something to you. You need get people to get it to on a
1: bigger stage besides just Twitter.
0: Yeah. And social media is such a small part of the sport. Yep. Like, we think everyone that watches NASCAR on social media, but I bet it's less than like 15, 20% of people, which is crazy. So, like, TV is the biggest window. Show it there. And NASCAR, like, you're Even desperate for Jimmy people to pay attention to the race. sport. So,
1: That's it. I mean, like, that is such a start. Yeah. Like, literally just interview him before and after the race. Now, yeah. I, to be fair, I didn't catch pre-race this past weekend, so I don't know if they did, but it doesn't seem like he Who gets a pre-race lot of
0: these days?
1: TV time. So, I don't know. I I think to compare it, you can't really compare this to Jeff Gordon's farewell because he was in the championship four. Yeah. Tony Stewart, I think, is a little bit different because Stewart won a race his final season, made it into the, the chase of the playoffs, which makes it a little bit different. Yeah. So, I think the best comparison is with Dale Jr. in this situation. Because, and honestly, Jimmy's having a better year than Jr. had in his final yeah. season. And, man, yeah, it is just frustrating that he is not getting the appreciation he deserves. I mean, I would hope to, for his Phoenix race, I haven't heard any rumblings about it, but... For him to have a cool kind of farewell paint scheme, kind of like Gordon and Junior and Tony yeah. Stewart all had, I hope he has some kind of cool Lowe's colors paint scheme um, to put on his car at Phoenix. Honestly, his Darlington throwback could have been cool for that, but
0: yeah, the playoffs overall have been lackluster, and you would think that this gives everybody involved in NASCAR broadcasts, NASCAR itself, social media, everything, a reason to like have another storyline to promote and. In- talk about during the race even if he's not running well talk about like his success at Kansas this is another thing he's had such success at like every track in NASCAR mm-hmm. show at least a highlight reel of his best moments at this track during the race or during pre-race coverage or something that's such an easy way to like give him thanks for or show off what he's done in his career at this track and it's just an easy way to talk about him on the broadcast so I bet you Texas
1: Martinsville and Phoenix He'll get some good TV time, I think. Texas, he's had a lot of success at. Martinsville, no question. He's been dominant there. And then Phoenix, I think it will be pretty well known that it's his final race. I I really hope NBC can nail at least that on sending Jimmy off with one at least good final race. I know they have not done a great job all season long of documenting his final season, but I at least hope that when you come to Phoenix you give Jimmy the proper broadcast send off that he deserves.
0: Yeah. But it's almost like like you're doing it all you're going to rush it all into like a couple race span. Like Which what shouldn't you should be doing the all case. Season long. So that's frustrating. You
1: know? Yeah. Like when when Junior got to the playoff time, man like everyone knew, oh man, Junior's only got 10 races left. Like that's crazy. Like you don't it, it kind of like after after Darlington you're like, "Oh, wait, Jimmy's got nine races left." Like, "Huh, how about that?" Kind of crazy. Like yeah. I don't know. It hasn't been there.
0: Yeah. Last thing, and I'll talk about this more as or after the season, after we confirm that if he doesn't win these next three races, I realized this weekend that his last one was Dover in 2017. I was actually in victory lane that day. So if he doesn't win again, it's going to be cool to say I was in victory lane for Jimmy's last NASCAR win.
1: I was technically there for Junior's last victory. I was on an airplane when he actually won the race, but I was there <laughs> when count. he took the green flag.
0: That doesn't count. Yeah. All right. See? No. Just kidding. <laughs> follow me on Twitter at HeyJasonShills. I'd like to thank all of our listeners for giving me over the 6,000 follower mark. Much appreciated. Now go catch Andrew up, and you can follow him at...
1: At Andrew Curlin TV. Shout out to Tyler for editing uh, the show game once again this week. I feel like we, we need to give him more appreciation than, he, than what he gets.
0: He gets plenty of appreciation <laughs> and friendship. But I will tell you, you can follow him at Tyler C. Anderson. He's welcome for that.
1: Yes. Yeah. He, we're giving him the voice here in this, in this show. But uh, three races left, kind of crazy. I don't know. Hopefully we can cap off this uh, weird, wild 2020 season with three great races and uh, – We'll talk to y'all after Texas. See you next time.
0: Those are some big hopes going to Texas, but maybe after that we'll have some two good races. Tyler, cut it
1: out after mine.
0: Nope. The end.